Interval. It's one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. me today, if you would, in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to look at some scripture that's always been a, a favorite of mine, and I don't know that I've ever preached on this. I can't remember a time, but I thought it fitting, not only because of the weaknesses of, of that all this sickness is imposing on people, uh, but it just speaks to us in a lot of different ways. It speaks to us to remind us that when we're weak, we have a source of strength. When we are down, whether it be physically, psychologically, whatever the situation is, we have a place where we can go, or should I say a person, an alive and well person that just happens to be God, that can meet our every need. And that's what I want to share with you today. You know, we're living again in, in just miraculously, uh, you know, prophetic times, and this is a prophecy, but it also speaks to us uh, today because of all the things that we're seeing. When I see this war in Israel, and then I read about all the Jews who are leaving all over the world and going back to Israel, I know that God is up to something. When I look at that through the lenses of the scriptures and through ancient promises and prophecies, I see that God's getting them back there for a reason. Not only that, them being Jewish, me being a Gentile, that means something to me, a Gentile. That means that God is doing something for me. That means that when I see the Jews returning home to Israel, 
under, you know, all this anti-Semitism and all this stuff, while it's horrible, God is using it to get them back because as a people that's been scattered all over the world for millennia now, uh, he is going, he is getting them ready to hear the gospel. Many of them and their descendants will hear the preaching of Moses and Elijah once again. I believe it to be Moses and Elijah. Now, that's going to take place after the Christians are called out of the world. So that means some good news for me when I see all this stuff going on. Uh, but I want to share with you a prophecy today, Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to start with verse 28. And we're going to apply this in a couple or three different ways today for us as, as Gentile Christians, but also to the Jewish people. So the prophet Isaiah, by the way, who talked more about Jesus than any other Old Testament prophet. He's known as the evangelical prophet. And if you ever go read Isaiah chapter 53, you're reading the very core, if you will, or the, the, the spoke of the whole universe, the coming of Jesus, his uh, advent as a man to go to his death on the cross, but also his resurrection. But I want you to listen to these verses as Isaiah talks to a people who are in bondage in ancient times. But when Isaiah utters these words that God has given him here to say, he's speaking not only to them and during this time, but he's speaking uh, to us today and he's speaking to us to the future. It's just not for the Jews or we wouldn't have this in our hands, right? So in verse 28, he says, Hast thou not known? Now this is, this is a people, keep in mind, they're dejected. They're spiritually, they're spiritually weak because they're in bondage. They, their pride has been replaced by brokenness and humility. Their economic life has been replaced by, the, uh, the flourishing economically has been replaced by, you know, poverty and being poor in some ways. And probably the worst part of it is them not being home in their homeland. Think about that. If you grew up in this place, you know, I... I I'm born and raised here. I can't imagine living in Texas. I can't imagine living in some other place. And I know a lot of people do. I guess I'm just a, what you might call a homeboy. You might, you might say that. Uh, but I, I can't imagine being pulled out of my country and sent to another, another place. Uh, I'm not a missionary in that sense. Some people are. That is their calling. But, um, but imagine that, not only being pulled out of what you know and love, by an enemy, by a, a wicked, uh, brutal people, but every way pretty much is, is new to you. And they did allow some of the, the old practices, but not many. So here is a word for those that are dejected. Now, this just doesn't apply to political or, or national upheaval. This applies to us in Christ spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and psychologically. It applies to all these Places because it is hard now to keep a good attitude sometimes. It's hard not to allow your perspective and our Christian perspective to be darkened, to be muddied, to be totally distorted from what it ought to be. I mean, you know, I get mad about things and the things that are going on, and it seems like the wicked people and the, the greedy, heartless, evil people that seem to flourish and do whatever they want to do you know, while the working man and woman and, and the everyday uh, person just seems to be more and more, uh, you know, marginalized and persecuted and used to those ends. And, and that's just something I wanted to talk about because there are a lot of other things, too. You know, we get 
beset by sickness. We, uh, we are also often beset by anxiety of what's to come. Uh, and and we, we need to stay above that and remember that above all of this, in the chaos of, this, of, of everything going on and the uncertainty, is that we have Jesus and he's in full control. Things are moving right, right along on time. And I, I really enjoyed and got a blessing out of Robbie's uh, devotion this morning when he talked about that we go through times and chapters in life, like the writer of Ecclesiastes pointed out. And God's got a purpose in every little bit of it. God's got a purpose in it. And it's hard for us to see it, but if you ever look back and you see God's guiding you, and you see, you know, where you got went way off the beaten path and or the way off the straight and narrow, and he used something to bring you back, and you had no idea what was going on, but you look back and see it, that's a wonderful thing. That shows that God is real and is alive and is at work for those that love him. So uh, to, to read on, to, to actually start reading, how do you not know? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint? Now we get tired and we, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we get knocked down by different things. We get uh, mad or angry and, and God doesn't. God doesn't faint. He does not get weak. He does not uh, become, uh, you know, spiritually or, or, or weak in any of these other ways. He doesn't do these things. So that tells me that if I can somehow get linked to him, that he's going to help me rise above. Amen. I, I, if I can somehow have faith and do what he asked me to do or tells me to do, even though I'm a sinner, he's made a way for me to tap into that power. He's made a way for me to get exactly what I need, and it's a miraculous thing. And, he, and we don't even, we can't even understand it, but we see it and we feel it and we know it. Uh, it says, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint. He never gets tired. Well, it'd be something to never get tired, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, you do all your running today. We live in a, life now is just way too complicated. It really is. And I mean, I say that as somebody born, you know, in 1978. I can't imagine some, how somebody feels was born in 1948 or earlier or whatever, but life is just an absolute mess. I mean, it's just, what, what you have to do or go through to get, to, to, uh, get through life and to, to, to make ends meet or whatever sometimes, it's just, it'll just break you back. It'll break you down. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll take the, the life and the, the perspective away from you. But God always can give it to us back. If we spend some time with him, if we make a way, and it's a discipline, especially these days, it is a discipline to have five or ten minutes with God and say, Lord, give me the perspective I need today. I don't like what's going on here. This person's rubbing me the wrong way. My boss, my workers... You know, whatever it is, my kids at school, give me the right perspective. Give me the right approach to this and the strength and the ability and the discernment. He'll give you all those things if you ask for them and seek to use those for his glory. God doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. And it says there is no searching of his understanding. It, that means we are not on God's level. God is far and away above us. His ways are not our, our ways. Uh, as Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 55, I believe it is, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and I'm proud of that because it gives me somebody to look up to, to help me, 
and it's going to get me into eternity where I was meant to be to live forever. So moving on, he says he in verse 29, he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he will increase their strength. That's a wonderful promise right there. And he's talking to these people who are in bondage. It says he, in verse 30, you say, well, I'm young and I'm independent and I'm, vita- I'm, I'm, you know, I'm vivacious or whatever the word is there. But it says here, Isaiah says, even the young people shall faint and be weary. Even the young people. I think we see that today. I feel for young people today that are trying to get their feet under them and trying to get started in this world. And you pretty much got to be wealthy to get any place to live these days. And, you know, it's just I feel for them or what they hear, you know, through social media and what they have been taught in schools. I feel for them. It's no wonder they go faint and give up. Uh, But God can increase young people's strength. God can give them the perspective they need. God can let them know that many times what they hear and are taught is not of God. And we have, a, we have a role in that too through our youth ministries. And it says in the last part of that verse, the young men shall utterly fall. The young men shall utterly fall. You know, the strength for any real man, and that's a relative term, is God. Is He's a godly man. That he is sold out to God and he trusts God and he realizes that the answers to all his failures and his weaknesses and his, you know, temptations is the power, the strength, and the anointing of Almighty God. That's a true man. Or can apply to a young lady just as well. Uh, That they treat people based on what God has taught them and that they live their lives accordingly. That he has a great and powerful purpose for them and this is the focal verse here verse 31 that i love but it says all even if all these things happen if there's faintness and there's weakness and there's falling and there's failing and uh, number 31 but they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength it doesn't say who work for the lord or who try to pay the lord it may, it says those who wait upon the lord those who are patient and long-suffering and believe and let him know they believe that he's working for a desired purpose in their life. It goes on to say, they shall renew their strength. Not only that, but this meant something to the Hebrews. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. An eagle is the most powerful bird that there is. I did a little bit of studying about eagles i probably know more about hawks than eagles but eagles are greater than hawks and as a bird this meant something when isaiah delivered this word to the hebrew people they had four different kind of big big eagles we have in america what the bald eagle which are around the lake now and that's pretty cool and then we have a golden eagle out west and there's probably a few other ones but the most fearsome is an eagle called the harpy eagle and they they snatch Deer, they run that fly down deer and snatch them. They're monstrous birds. But an eagle has no peer as a bird. And one thing interesting about an eagle that I think Isaiah is trying to teach us here, you know, a lot of birds will, you know, take care of their young by clutching them in their talons sometimes. An eagle mother puts her babies on her back 
and then flies away from danger. And if there's something on the ground or below that's shooting at them or, or trying to knock them out of the air, she's using her body to protect them. Did Christ not use his mortal body to protect us spiritually? Yes, he did. You see what I you see the depth of what Isaiah is talking about. And that's the really cool thing to me about God's word is it says so much. Not only that, but he, he's talking to the the uh, the Israel the Israeli people or the Hebrews. Tell you something that happened. This is a very old prophecy right here. And not only would the Babylonian did the Babylonians take over and Later on, there would be the Romans, and there would be the Greeks, and there would be so many different empires that came and tried to do away or damage God's people. But in 1949, 1950, in that year right there, that time frame, right after Israel became a nation again, and that was, that's the biggest evidence of Christ's soon coming. It's been over 70 years now. There was an operation that was put together by Israel and the United States. God used the United States in a powerful way to bring about the nation of Israel. That's why God founded the United States. Ultimately, was to, it was to be a great power, but not only did that great power come from us blessing the new nation of Israel, but was instituted so that God knew we would do that one day. So... In Yemen, of all places, I know you've read a lot about Yemen, and the 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 probably the most aggressive people over there right now are the Houthis that are shooting shooting at ships that are trying to ship, you know, through the Red Sea. Well, in 1949 and 50, there was an operation put together called Operation Magic Carpet, and it's kind of funny because of the whole Aladdin thing and you know uh, that stereotype, I guess. But it was also called Operation Mount Up on Eagle's Wings. They went into Yemen and Saudi Arabia, and uh, there's a little country there called Djibouti. It's hard to say it. Djibouti, I think is how you say it, in Eritrea. And over the course of several flights, they took out 50,000 Arab Israelis who were Yemeni and all these other little nations and a few Saudi Arabians and flew them back to Israel. They say that the, amen. Thank you, babes, back there. Amen. They say that, then there's pictures you can pull up online, this operation to get them back. And it happened in other places, but I thought this was kind of poignant. They, took, they, they sent in the best American airliners and some Israeli airliners, but mainly American. What's our symbol? Huh? A bald eagle. The eagle, yeah. You want to go to prison for a while, shoot an eagle and get caught, I guess. All right? The eagle, all right? It's on our currency. Some, it's on our planes sometimes, you know. Um, so these were pretty primitive people. They lived in the desert. They were kind of, some of them were nomadic. You'll see them sitting in these very, very up-to-date, nice, huge airliners, you know, with their, with their turbans around their head. They were... They were desert peoples, Arab desert peoples. And it said, they said that they were so excited because they weren't just, they weren't Muslims, they were Jewish. They still practiced the Jewish law and the Jewish religion, and they were so excited because to them that was the fulfillment of Isaiah 40, 
chapter 31. They were mounting up on eagle's wings and being taken back home from basically being spread out for generations. And I'm sure many of their descendants live there today. They also thought that, that when they got to Israel, when they were flying on, on these, you know, modern aircraft like they had never seen before, that when they got to Israel, the Savior had, was going to have come and was going to be waiting on them in Jerusalem. Isn't that neat? So to them, this was a fulfillment of that, and it was a fulfillment of that. Listen to that. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And when you get on a 747 or a whatever those big Airbuses are anymore, I don't know exactly what they were, that's pretty big. That's, pretty, that's a pretty big deal, especially if you're, you know, living in a, in a uh, more economically suppressed country. Many of them have never seen anything like, in it, like that. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. They were going back home. They had never been there. But there's that spiritual connection between God's people and their homeland. We've never been to heaven, but we just somehow know it's our home, don't we? Because of what God's word says. Isn't it amazing when you see someone that you love or any Christian who they say they're just in the final you know, hours or even moments of their life, they say, I'm going home. And many of them are lying in their home, you know, through hospice or whatever the situation may be. I'm going home. Well, you see, because Christ came as the ultimate eagle spiritually for us, and actually Luke talks about him having the face of an eagle, we can mount up on his strength. We can have faith in his sacrifice for us. No matter what the world throws at us, no matter what Satan, what darts he shoots from down below at us, those fiery darts that Paul talked about, we can ride on the power of and the might of God's saving grace, mercy, and sacrifice through the person, the Godhead, the resurrected Jesus. And we can go home. He'll take us home. Isn't that amazing? I've never been to heaven. I've never been to heaven. I've got my ticket punched because I've exercised faith and still do in Jesus. That Jesus, God said, I'm going to make you a deal. I'm going to send you a Redeemer. But you have to believe in his sacrifice that it was for you, that he died for you, and that three days later, through my power, I brought him back to life in utter defiance and victory over an old musty grave. I've never been to heaven, but that's home. That's home. And I tell you that because when I, you know, one thing about going home, whether it be after the work day or after a long vacation or a business trip, who do you look forward to seeing? Your family, look forward to seeing your kids and your wife, your mom or your daddy, whoever may be in your home. You look forward to that. And you just can't wait to get there. Well, that's heaven, and that's why it's home is because we have loved ones waiting there. They've already been carried across by the power of God through the, the, uh, their faith in Jesus and the promise that was made to them from God and by God through Jesus, when the time came, he came and got them, mounted up, and took them home. And the devil says, no, wait a minute. They committed these sins. They committed these sins. 
And God says, yeah, they did. But their faith has made them whole and has made them perfect. You see, the blood of Jesus and that protection is what gets us over the river and back home to heaven. I'm so thankful for Jesus. So you can imagine how excited those, those uh, Yemeni Israelis were when they flew in and saw Jerusalem. And they thought the Messiah was going to be waiting on them. When I get to heaven, I know the Messiah is going to be waiting on me. And it's because of him that I could get there. Right? So they flew in and they saw the place that was home. Never had seen it before. Might have saw a picture of it or heard somebody talk about the characteristics of it. But they had faith. You see, they waited on God. And we have to wait on God. And it's hard to do. These days, we don't wait on anything, do we? We get mad if our hamburgers are just a few, few minutes late. But if we wait on God in faith and, and believe and know that he's working all these things together for our good and for our spiritual advancement, then he will take us up one day. We will be rewarded. We will mount up on eagles' wings and be delivered to him. So I want you to think about that today. I don't know what your weakness is. I don't know. It could be a lot of different things. But what I do know and what I want you to know today before we leave is that God can meet you there with the remedy for all those problems. God can forgive you of your sin. He can wash you clean. And he can put you back up. Pull you up out of that miry clay that the psalmist talked about. Up out of that miry clay and set you in a high place. And when you get to that high place, there's one thing we need to do. We need to glorify Christ because he's the one that made it possible. Amen? Glorify him in all that we do. So I want to encourage you in that today. Whatever you're going through, you may be down. You may be listening or watching out there today, and you can't be here, and I'm calling you to be down. You had not been here in a while. Be encouraged. Be encouraged because you're waiting on the Lord, and he shall not be late. He, will, he arrives right on time. If we exercise faith, he'll give us what we need, exactly what we need at exactly the right time, and it has eternal impact. Amen? It has everyday impact, too, and I'm thankful for that. So I want to encourage all of you today in that. If you're here and you have sin, you can leave here forgiven. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can leave here a child of God. You can leave here knowing that... Uh, if the trumpet sounds this afternoon, you're going to be right there first, first wave out of here. We'll all be there together. Ain't going to be nobody ahead of anybody else. But we'll all be out of here and with him forever. I want to read that verse again. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. One other thing about an eagle that I wanted to mention, they have the best vision that there is they they have the best vision god can give us vision give us perspective uh they are very powerful and i'm so thankful that god used this uh, analogy and gave it to isaiah to share not only for his people during this time but for us during the time that we live in do you know the lord do you need to be encouraged if you do come down here and i'll pray with you we can read scripture together god loves you there's a way there's hope. We just have to come forward and accept it in faith. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful.
to be in this house today. So thankful for all these precious souls that are here. Father, thank you for these verses that you gave this word to Isaiah, and he encourages us even today. And Father, as we see more and more people heading back to Israel, it's a reminder to us that it's about time to mount up. Meet in the eastern sky, Father, with the Savior. Father, and time shall be no more. We're so thankful of what you have done. Father, it tells me that you're right on schedule. It tells me that you're getting to your people together again who have largely turned away and not believed in Jesus, but you're getting them ready to hear the preaching of the prophets. And many of them will believe and realize the mistake they've made since that day on Calvary, on Golgotha's hill, Father. Lord, I, I see you doing that. We see that happening. Thank you for the ones that do believe. We pray that as many as possible could be saved today. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody here in this congregation, that they would be saved today before they leave. I pray that if there's someone here in this con uh, congregation that needs strength in their weakness, that they will come to the source today and receive what they need, Father. Lord, we turn this time over to you. Be with those that are sick. Be with the, the state of our nation. We pray for Israel. We pray for this world. And we see the pieces falling into place for the return that's been so long promised and anticipated. Lee, guide us and direct us, and we turn this time of invitation over to you. It's in Jesus' holy, powerful, and risen name, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the services from Calvary Baptist Church. To hear more of this sermon or other past services, please visit our website, calvarybcgainesville.org. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia.